Welcome to Axiom's Data Guru Podcast, where data experts share wisdom and insights around high-value audiences and all things data. I'm your host, Scarlett Burks. Welcome to this month's Data Guru Podcast. As always, we are glad to have our Data Guru, Linda Harrison, with us today. We're also excited to be joined by Vanessa Lara. From her current role in partner engagement with Axiom to CBS Radio and even the Peace Corps, Vanessa has a diverse background and lots of interesting insights to share with us around Hispanic audiences. As we operate remotely in today's new normal, I'm going to hand over hosting duties to Linda for the podcast and come back at the end to wrap it up. Linda, take it away. Hey, thanks, Scarlett. And, you know, we're really kind of having fun with a new environment and I'm embracing our changes and I'm very excited to have Vanessa on the phone. So Vanessa, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your time in the Peace Corps, why you volunteered, and I think you were in Honduras, is that right? Yeah, that's right, Linda. I was in the Peace Corps um, from 2010 to through 2012 in Nacaome, Honduras, um, the southern part of Honduras. I was assigned there as a business advisor. So working with micro businesses, um, women's micro businesses on anything from marketing or um, finance 101, um, and then just trying to integrate myself also in the community um, was part of my my work too. So, for example, I organized this small um, uh, adults book club in English just to be able to teach, and then. Um, integrated myself in other ways, like, for instance, there was a school, local school, who had a classroom full of computers, but no one knew how to use computers. So I taught teachers how to learn, you know, computer and then have their, um, the teachers then teach their students. So that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. it was a great learning experience. So how did your time in Honduras change how you would market to Hispanic audiences in the U.S. or in LATAM? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, it was. it's interesting because I thought I knew uh, a lot for the Hispanic background just because my parents are Mexican, so I grew up in Mexican household, a uh, lot of traditions, culture, just uh, immersed in that environment. And so when I went to Honduras, I was. I thought I was well prepared, but it, I actually wasn't. There was a lot of cultural differences, uh, different um, uh, traditions, even the the vocabulary that they use. Some terms could be interpreted differently in Honduras than in Mexico. So things oh. like that were interesting to consider. Um, another aspect, um, I, I was very fortunate enough to um, also visit neighboring countries, so Nicaragua, El Salvador, and I realized that the nationalities, they're very um, proud of their background. Yes. They love also sharing those, you know, recipes, different food, and telling you about their history. So um, I found that very interesting, too, is they're very proud and, and love to share that information with you. Yeah, my brother-in-law is Cuban. And he takes that very seriously that you should not think he's from some other Latin American country. So in that regard, I guess there isn't really a one size fits all for Hispanic speaking and Spanish speaking audiences. 
Definitely. Yep, I'd say so. I thought I was a professional, a fluent Spanish speaker, although my grandma would say otherwise. But I um, I realized that's not the case. And when you're visiting other Latin American countries, is uh, you have to take into consideration the other terms, vocabulary that they use. Yep, my husband lived in Spain for five years. And so he thinks he's semi-fluent in Spanish, but Spain Spanish is different than yeah. Mexico Spanish even, right? Yep. Again, that terminology can be different where you're not talking about the same thing. I think he said there's five different words for box, depending upon what type <laughs> of box it is, right? So. Yeah, exactly. So um, on the other side, you know, Data Guru, we use demographic data to target audiences, things like media usage, um, TV viewing habits, what kind of sports they like or watch on TV. Um, we might do a campaign for bilingual retirement planning. So we have some information that's self-reported that says someone is likely to speak Spanish and English. So, and what their occupation is or their age, things like that. So that you could do some of your targeting in one language versus another. Um, and then my favorite campaign was for a spicy chicken sandwich. I knew I was not going to be the target audience for this, but they really wanted a very hot, spicy, targeted audience. So uh, a lot of people in the Hispanic community are well known for their tolerance of spicy food. So that was a whole separate subsegment within the campaign. Do you like spicy food? I love spicy food. I would be very much in that audience. Um, anything we can put spiciness in my salads. I like some jalapenos in there. So. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> now, what about mobile in the Hispanic community? Are more consumers using their mobile devices or a laptop or tablet? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So U.S. Hispanics are very mobile savvy. They are um, early tech adapter, adopters in the mobile space. Um, I think there's different nuances. Like you probably wouldn't target my grandma, maybe even my mom on mobile phones. They're mostly, you know, TV oriented. But when it comes to the younger generation, Generation Z, younger millennials, they're looking at like, platforms that are mobile. Um, and that's also a good point. So oftentimes it's the social um, social channels that they're mostly visiting and getting their information from. So yeah, so it to me, it's all about where are you going to find these consumers and what's going to resonate with that audience at the same time. Mm -hmm. But then what about language differences? Are we going to see Generation Z use different vocabulary, much like Spanish Spaniards versus yeah. from Mexico or Honduras or Guatemala? Generation Z and um, younger millennial section, I'd say millennial group, um, they're going to be more... Um, majority are going to be U.S. born. And it's also interesting because you have to take into consideration if they're acculturated. Have they assimilated within um, the um, American culture? And um, I'd say that with Generation Z specifically, um, 
they are going to lean towards more English-based messaging. Right. Um, they might understand Spanish, but they definitely want to speak um, English. Uh, might be more pronounced, more, more uh, fluent in English. And um, I've also seen that depending on the population density of their where they're living, uh, for example, in my hometown of Joliet, it's interesting because um, they it's a densely populated community of Hispanics, but Generation Z within that community, they like listening to that bilingual messaging. Um, they really um, connect with that message. Yeah, so it gives them the best of both worlds, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it's kind of cool, right? Just like some... Um, rap songs and other songs are both in English and Spanish now. Um, some of this yeah. might be in Spanglish, right? My brother-in-law speaks a lot of Spanglish where he's talking to his abuela on the phone and all of a sudden he says, baby carriage, da 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 da, -da and then another English word just because he doesn't know the vocabulary as well as maybe he should. Yeah, I, that, I think that adding in the bilingual Spanglish side of things, it kind of removes a lot of the noise you might hear. When I know when I see a message or um, an advertisement on TV or hear it via um, Spotify, for instance, it kind of mm -hmm. perked my interest. Like, oh, yeah, I speak to my family and my friends in bilingual, like Spanglish. So it just kind of resonates a little bit better. Awesome. So best messaging or campaigns you've seen for Hispanic audiences, any tips you'd like to give us? Yeah, I think I, um, so the bilingual messaging, I think that's important to consider. Um, there's nuances to that, but because I um, speak fluent Spanish and English, I also um, live in a community that's with a, has a heavy Hispanic um, environment or uh, community, I can be receptive to those um, messages. But I think another good um, practice or another tip for marketers would be uh, the use of um, influencers. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I follow someone called Dulce. She's an Iraq war veteran, and um, she actually um, now does a lot of lifestyle blogging, a lot of uh, beauty, um, even food. And um, she's Hispanic, but I like her messaging. I like that she's including stuff about her culture, about her background, even speaks also bilingual. And so it just... It connects better with her. It's authentic messaging. And when she includes different brands or services that she's using, it just makes it seem um, a little bit more authentic and, and valuable to me. Yeah, it makes it real. Exactly. So there's lots of Facebook groups out there as well. Is that something that you would recommend? Yes. I follow a couple Facebook um groups that, for example, Me Too, they are a publisher that really, uh, their content is all about social issues, even like funnier um, memes they put out, um, very original content. They do a lot of good research on different nationalities, Argentinian, Venezuelan, and um, they, they make really good content. 
And then when they include some of these plugins, some of these products, you don't even realize it because it's already in, engraved in those messagings that you um, makes it more, like you said, real. Yeah, it's very engaging that mm -hmm. way yeah. because they've taken the whole person into consideration instead of just, oh, I'm going to target that person because they're Hispanic, not that they would be in market for a product or have any use for the product. Just having a nationality doesn't make make it, the product resonate for me, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. on, on the flip side of that though, Linda, how does a data grow team use demographic data to target the audiences? Well, one thing we have that's unique in the marketplace is Personics Hispanic. So we have several different versions of Personics and the Hispanic one, only targets people that are of Hispanic descent, right? In this segmentation system, think of it as um, the easy button for targeting because it takes into consideration things like stage of life. So age and income, net worth, things like that, that you don't have to pull all those triggers yourself. But then in the Hispanic market, we always look at generations in the household because they're much more likely to have, depending upon their assimilation, to have grandmother living with them at the in the same household, right? Mm -hmm. And we look at the assimilation. So are they, you know, very assimilated like my niece, where she's lived here her whole life. She doesn't really even know of the different cultural things except for, you know, having the pig's head in the oven twice a year or something like that. Um, then there's, you know, where you're bilingual, but you really prefer Spanish or prefer English. And then there's the completely unacculturated, which would be like her grandmother that lives in Miami, which she doesn't really need to know English. The only time she speaks English is when her granddaughter calls her and she's, you know, she just basically says hi and a few other words. So knowing those things about a consumer, you can help really target smarter because you know what's going to resonate with them, what targets and, and products are going to work for them. And we have it tied back through MRI Simmons to some purchases that they've done or attitudinal data so that you can get that 360 degree view of a consumer, which is what we're really looking for all along, right? We're trying to find the right people for the right product, regardless of their nationality. Yep, exactly. So other um, audience insights might be interest in ethnic foods, language preferences, TV media patterns. And one thing that we're coming out with in July is some new ethnic attributes. So when those come live, we'll probably do another podcast about them and let you know all the details behind those so that you can really get informed at the individual level, but more details about each person in the household. You know, as we speak again about Hispanics being real people in the real marketplace, don't assume as an advertiser that someone is Hispanic just because of their name or because someone has flagged them as Hispanic. It doesn't make, mean that you speak Spanish. My niece gets put into the telemarketing queue all the time as Spanish, and she's practically screaming that she wants to hit the right button to go back to English. Just because her last name is Baltista doesn't mean that she only speaks Spanish. So what are some other things that advertisers should avoid to not look stupid in the marketplace. 
Yeah, that's a good point, Linda. I, I actually have a good example of that. I was uh, running this morning, uh, listening to my Pandora playlist. I love listening to Latin cardio dance party. It gets my heart pumping. And as I was listening, I was um, hit with an advertisement, a, a Spanish advertisement. And it got me thinking, is it that I'm in this queue just because I've listened to this playlist, they're assuming that I speak fluent Spanish, prefer Spanish, or did they use certain indicators that um, I'm prefer, you know, I'm bilingual and that I'm also in the market for auto insurance. So um, I think that's a good, a valid point um, to, to, to use. And then I'd say maybe some other tips for marketers. Um, I, I realize that Hispanics are, I've, I've noticed that Hispanics are underserved when it comes to um, budgeting for this specific market. It's interesting because um, Hispanics are actually the fastest growing demographic in the US. I was reading an article recently um, by HCODE, they're a, a Hispanic focused digital advertising firm and they kind of put out a report on like recent Hispanic um, marketing initiatives and how how to really target this fast growing market and they were saying how the Hispanic uh, Hispanics make up 18.3 percent of the entire U.S. population so that's about in perspective it's about one in five uh, people in the U.S are Hispanic. And so it's it's growing and it's important that marketers pay attention to these folks, especially because they are um, median age is about 28. So that means okay. you have to be, um, this brains have to, I think, refocus and it's a chance for them for um, to attract these consumers so that they become brand loyal and um, are able to have more of a, um, yeah, brand loyal towards these um, uh, brands. And up and coming people, right? So advertisers are always trying to get in front of the millennials. This is a great audience to target the right. Hispanic because they're growing so quickly in the US. Exactly, yep. All right, anything else you wanna add? Um, just one last question for you, Linda. How does an advertiser or media buyer get started? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so um, you can reach out to Axiom. So reach out to dataguru at axiom.com. If you have a sales executive, of course, you can reach out to them and we'll be happy to get you started. All right. Well, thank you, Linda and Vanessa, for joining us and giving us all of that food for thought for uh, those that are advertising to the Hispanic audience. Certainly, certainly a lot to take in and uh, consider when improving your advertising. So thanks again, ladies. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.